1: Have the Flyers narrowed down their search to three possible candidates for their head coaching position? And are you watching the conference finals? Are the Flyers close to this level of hockey? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 117 of Orange and Backcheck. Man, uh, the long drag of the offseason is already here. Uh, we're, what, two episodes into the offseason, and a guy who's probably already itching for October to come in, no matter who's behind the bench leading the Philadelphia Flyers. Scott Weinhardt. what's going on, brother?
0: Yeah, man, well, you know, that's true, but I have to say, uh, I saw something, probably one of the best things on TV last night with uh, Biz Nasty from Spitting Chicklets, with the yeah. lost a bet, uh, <laughs> and, and, and wound up shaving his head, but it's still... Intact around the side so he's completely bald in the middle. He's yep. got a little, mo- dude. I'm telling you what, anybody. I turned on the TV and I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe, first of all, they would allow that on TV. It's great. Well, this is the, It's great. this is what's
1: great about TNT because TNT kind of just like lets the show flow itself. Yeah, yeah. and that's what produces good content. So. Right. It was, I, a good, it was fun to say.
0: I agree with it. And I think what's even better about it is the fact that anybody who would have turned on the TV for the first time and watched that game for the first time would never know that Biz Nasty doesn't look like that. And that's the best part. Because right. right. he pulled it off. He's like, I saw that. I'm like, what is this? A joke? And then when he came on for the post game, I was like, oh my God. Like, it's so real.
1: I, so I didn't see the full terms of the bet. Does he have to carry this head shave until the end of the conference finals and the playoffs or is he like tomorrow when they, uh, on Monday, when they play game four on TNT, are they going to just kind of, be, uh, is it going to be fully shaven like they're going to his sides of the head will be now shaven.
0: I I, I think that he's going to keep it like that if you ask me. Because if well, you have
1: it because if, if 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 this is the first time you're seeing it you kind of think of it like the old man balding scenario that, yeah, where yes, it's, yes. it's completely bald at the top and you kind of just have you, all you have is hair on the sides of your scalp right? Uh, going all the way around. Like that's, that's how the best way I would describe it. It's yeah. ba- the bald man who just has the hair on the sides. And that
0: is absolutely hilarious the fact that the, just that again and I think it's even funnier that people who wouldn't watch the game prior would look at that and not think anything twice just think okay here's some older bald guy with a weird mustache would no, like yep. that is absolutely hilarious I couldn't stop laughing about when I saw that last night
1: Let, let's stay with that coverage because I because TNT I think has done a really good job a better job honestly than ESPN at this current point like I, and with these playoffs like I've been highly entertained by when I've gotten a chance to sit down and actually watch a full game, puck drop to to buzz it, to to uh, the final horn. Uh, it just seems like TNT is using the same model uh, as their Turner, or excuse me, as their inside the NBA with Charles right. Barkley and, and Kenny and all those guys. It just seems like it's a it's a better flow in terms of coverage right now for Turner Sports and TNT compared to espn who's still i think trying to figure it out unfortunately i
0: don't think espn's kind of figured out i think they're much more faster paced i think they're much more you know instead of having conversation, make your point move on make your point move on make your point move on very very little interaction and you know they're about to go to break when they finally have like a personal comment there and then like then they move on to their break um i think it was uh was it Sean McDonough who did the game against uh, Tampa, with Tampa and the Rangers the other night? I didn't, yeah,
1: he's been on the coverage of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think he's their lead guy. He at this is. Game.
0: He is. I didn't think particularly. He did a great job calling the game the other night. I thought it was a little guesswork. Um, yeah. You know. I. I listen. They've done well so far. Um. But uh. Bob. Um. Oh, what's his name? Bob Wachowski or something along those lines. Of Bob NHL. Yes, but to look that up. Um. Bob Wachuson. He did most of them for the uh, Flames and the Oilers. He's fantastic. I love him. I love his energy. Um, But overall, with the coverage, I think that ESPN, it's very, very ESPN style. It's very to the point. You know what I mean? Like, very fast, very fast-paced. You know, not a whole lot of little interaction. TNT's excellent because it reminds you of what they, you're right, they do with the NBA. and also reminds you, too, as weird as it sounds, like Fox NFL Sunday. Like, That is such a, that's a good show where they joke and laugh a lot and stuff. And I think that they allow that freedom there more or less in the, um, with TNT and, you know, ESPN has their brands. I don't think they'll stray too much far away from it, but it's a really good way for TNT to really pull the fans in because it's, you know, I have their, their coverage is, I would say in the game, it's pretty good. ESPN, I think has the edge in game broadcasting uh, just by some of the things they use, but uh, that that four K camera they have, the face offs down low near the circles is yes. one of the best things I've ever That's seen. Ever really
1: cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I can't imagine these two club or these two broadcasting uh, networks being too happy that we might be looking at two sweeps here. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Rangers have a 2-0 lead, so there's still a little bit of a fight left to go, especially now that it's kicking back to Tampa Bay uh, for Game 3. But Colorado is just utterly dismantling. I I know the outlier was Game 1 where it was an insane back and forth, 14 goals each, 8-6 final for Colorado. But ever since then, Kale McCarr should be flyer has completely dominated Connor McDavid I feel and he's not shut him down but he's limited him to exactly what you need to limit him to to be able to win these games. He had one point last night yeah. and that was the goal 36 seconds into the game. Yep. Yeah in game 3. So I I don't know what it is that I mean I think it's just a better roster uh compared to Edmonton and 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 the like. Colorado is on a on a beaten path here, just to win the hoist the cup at the end of July. Yeah, I mean, look or at the middle of July. Look
0: at the speed; it's just their speed. Like they just defensively, they're a lot faster. Um, they can keep up with guys like McDavid and like that's when you need guys like Zach Hyman to step up. When you need like Kyle Yamamoto to start playing well again. Um, you know, defensively, I don't think they're playing terrible. Mike Smith has not been. Mike Smith's been Mike Smith. It, it just, he
1: made it, some incredible saves yes, to keep the team in yes. in the, in the in Game Three. They just couldn't uh, take advantage of it,
0: right? And then they also he also gives up goals. Where it's kind of like, man, how did that get past you? Like you yeah. know, it, that, that's just that's Mike Smith. That, like he's yeah. been like that his whole career. Um, you know, the first one where. He was in what's called the RVH against the post. It goes off Darnell Nurse's stick. And it, as the shot's coming, he jumps up, realizes that it's there, it makes the hole, tries to jump down and cover it. And the puck gets past him. That's a tough goal to give up. Um, and that's the kind of goals he gives up. Those weird wonky ones where he'll make these sprawling two pad stack saves and these ridiculous things. The next thing you know, you're like, oh, wait a minute. One that you should have got with your five hole and that got past you? Like, come yep. on.
1: To draw a comparison to to make the connection, obviously we're a Flyers podcast. It's like Steve Mason almost in his tenure here yes. a, in the Flyers. Like yes. Steve Mason was, I would cl- I would say he was an above average, hovering above average for the for the Flyers in his tenure here, mm-hmm. where he deserved more. But like that, like what you were saying with Mike Smith, he would make some incredible saves for this team to keep them in in the battle of, of a game by game basis. But then he would let up a, a half ice a, a a goal from the a, from the center point yep. from the center. Yeah. And, and he did that. I think in the playoffs he did if I'm not against mistaken. Washington. Yeah. That's just right. The year they him. won the cup.
0: Yeah. No, I know it was 2016. Oh, um, it was 2016. Okay. Yeah, there That was the that was. I remember that. And looking at that as a goalie, you could just be like, "Oh man, like it happens. Yep. Like, it just all it needs to do is just miss you by one inch, and, and, and that's what happens. It can get through you. It, it's happened. Was to it Igor? Just you know, did he did the if it.
1: Did Igor Shosturkin have that happen? Or was it Mike Smith? It was
0: Mike Smith. It was from behind the opposing blue line. And someone just shot it in, and they were wearing their dark jerseys, and it stayed at a level near shoulder level. So coming in like that, he never picked it up.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I do like these dark jerseys uh, that the Edmonton Oilers are wearing. Mm -hmm. But just stick with the – when you're battling in the playoffs, there's something about tradition – that I feel like just goes hand in hand, especially for a team that hasn't won the cup since the '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just stick with what you know. You don't have to go fancy. I, I get you want to get as many as much revenue streams as possible with your jerseys and your alternates and all that. Just go with the classic white with the with the oiler logo on the front, like we we're all used to seeing. And your goalie can track the puck a little bit better yeah. because that's, that's like this is that's insane. Like, yeah. that's really, like, it didn't lose them the game, but it certainly didn't win them the game.
0: Right. and they, Exactly. They they wound up winning that one. I, I say this, though, it that I, I'm a big fan, just me, and this shows my age and where I came from. I'm a big fan of having the white jersey at home and the dark jersey on the road. Yeah, I see. I think what yeah. the NHL needs to go back to that. I They used to
1: that. do that. Yeah, they used to do that in the NBA and the NHL. Like yeah. that was kind of a thing, but then, but I see. I see. I'm new school. I I don't care. Like, just take whatever jersey you want to wear and just and, and just stick with it. But when you realize that you're, but at the same time, I like tradition in terms of when you get to the playoffs. I think it gets a little bit more serious. Is how I guess I would put yeah. it. You you want to be a little bit more real. You want to get more down to earth. You don't want to funk with any of your flow because it's obviously superstitious. And it's some of the most superstitious. The playoff beards, all that stuff. Just stick with what is the classic team jersey that you wear. You don't expect the Flyers to be wearing their 2012 Winter Classic or their 2018 Stadiums or 2019 Stadium Series at the link against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. You just expect them to wear the classic orange and black that we've seen for decades and and and, and have seen twice in the playoffs. I know because we suck. suck. Yeah, this team yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, we'll get back to the playoffs. I want to get to the rumors of the flyers. Uh, It sounds like it's down to three guys. If, if I'm reading all of this correctly, uh, you brought up uh at least one of the tw- two of them, obviously that I, but John Tortorella, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Montgomery and Barry Trotz. Yeah, that those seem like the three guys. And if it's down to those three, I only have one choice out of this. But what, like, Jim Montgomery's the latest name that has come up. We obviously talked about him two weeks ago, uh, coming from his tenure in Dallas. Now he's in St. Louis. And before our, uh, or at the time of our last recording, St. Louis was still in this thing. Now he's a free agent, not a free agent, but he's able to interview with with other teams to try and get back into it. Sam Carshidi had a grade for Philly Flyers now, or Philly Hockey now, uh, talking about how he wants, he... I like Sam. He worded it in a way that it sounded like Jim was like, oh, I want the flyer job. No, he just wants to be a head coach again. That's what right. he's really looking at. Right. Right. So is Jim Montgomery the fit that this team really needs, or is it kind of like, eh, it's a flyer on a guy that's trying to get back into the system of a head coaching role?
0: Um, well, before I comment on that, I do want to add that our, our buddy – Anthony Sanfilippo did mention Kirk Muller's name as well, so Kirk Muller's been okay. So there's coach. four. Okay. Yes, I mean he's he's been someone they're interested in, so I, I don't want to discount that in case that pops up. So just keep your keep your eye on that. Um, When it comes to um, when it comes to the whole situation with the coach so far and with Jim Montgomery, I think the Flyers are trying to look in a different direction of trying to build a culture because. It, it really you have let's let's be honest you have retreads in parry trots in uh john tortorella and yep. you know and even technically jim is a retread um but, a little bit yeah, not yeah, as much bit.
1: as not as much as trots and torts that's correct
0: sure. correct um david quinn anthony mentioned sam Philip mentioned david quinn as well the former rangers coach for the higher gerard Gallant. um the way I look at it is is that I think they're trying to break the mold in a sense of what they've been doing previously. Look, you know, we talked about before when they fired Dave Hackstall and then they brought in Scott Gordon and said, OK, now they're going to get a real coach. we got to get a real coach. And they go out and get a lean Vigneault. And, you know, they played well for the first part of the season he was in and then all of a sudden it fell apart. Well, the question is why? Uh, you know, we, we can go back and play revisionist history, you know, er, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but with Vigneault, he was an old style coach that just didn't click with the players as well as he needed it to. Um, uh, okay. So you can look at that and say, okay, we can have the same thing in John Tortorella. Now, Scott Hartnell had interesting comments about, uh, John Tortorella and Barry Trotts which we'll talk to about in a minute, but I'm going to stick on Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery is a guy who, who has some NHL coaching, coaching experience, but not a lot. Did some good things with some of the younger players, but he wasn't the demanding wear-down guy that, you know, some some coaches are like a Tortorella, like a Trotz, that are just going to wear you down. I think that they want to go from a cultural standpoint of, you know, I believe that they they really like what Mike Yo did. They, I know that for a fact they really like what Mike Yo did with this team with some of the younger players and building them up and, you know, being completely honest at the same time. You know, uh, they want to try to find a role for them in the organization, uh, which is great. But I think they also at the same time, I I think that they look at this and say the culture he was starting to build in the first place in the locker room, which, listen, people don't want to hear this. They want to have a coach that's going to get the most out of the players. I understand that. But you have to understand the locker room dynamic is such a huge deal in hockey. It's bigger than any other sport. Any other sport. It's not even close because there's such a bond there that you have. You go to war with these guys like that. Um, There's a huge bond there. And without that bond and without a culture that's promoting a certain type of atmosphere, you get dissension. You get um, guys not producing as well as they can. Um, You really need to get guys that you need to get the most out of this team. The question is, most out of this team for how long and how do you want to go about it by? So with Jim Montgomery, I think that he's done enough and a good enough job, and he comes from winning backgrounds, with the Dallas Stars, the team that when he got fired, the team that actually went to the final that season was that team. Rick Bonus yeah. got him there, and then also he did a lot of good work with St. Louis this year. You and, and, uh, know, so I, I
1: very good. Like Craig Ruby, the current head coach, him. just completely was praised him for his power play work, his his penalty like Which just is special huge, teams huge because they yes. really need
0: the special teams work absolutely. I,
1: I think there is just a, a an opportunity here for both you always want to look for like you're saying about the culture. Mm-hmm. You also want to find a coach that fits in with the current state of the team. Correct. What you thought you had with 2019 and 2020 with with the Flyers and Elaine Vigneault, you thought it was a mesh and it kinda was because of what you thought you were on the cusp of. You mm-hmm. thought you were on the cusp of being a a, a playoff team, borderline contender. And you saw that uh post uh pause and in the bubble and beyond, uh, up until you lose to the Islanders in the second round. And then the, obviously the wheels fell off and you realize you're not as close as you thought you were whatsoever and you're way off off the beaten path of what you tried to build. Right. I think at this current moment you're looking for a builder, not a maintainer. Because you're looking you're looking for that guy that can lay down the foundation and figure out what new leadership you're going to have, what new young talent you're going to have, What uh, what is something that you can identify at this club that you can say, you know what, we can build off this and there is an opportunity here to be a playoff contender. And I we both think they're on the cusp of being a playoff contender, but it's not being sold the right way right now or, or you're not getting the most out of the players. In Jim Montgomery's case, you're looking at a guy that is trying to rebuild him and re Brand him. I I don't want to say rebrand, but for lack of a better term, I'll say it. Rebrand himself as a coach after what happened to him in Dallas. He sought the help he needed in his rehab uh, for alcohol abuse, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a guy that's just kind of like extra motivated to prove himself again in, in in the organization in the NHL as a coach. Right. I I think Montgomery's the guy right now, in my opinion, because of what the, you're looking at here. You're looking at a team that's trying to rebrand itself and you're looking for a coach in Jim Montgomery that's trying to rebrand himself.
0: Makes I, sense. I think that's
1: it. Look, I it, think that's a, I think that's where it is. You're
0: you're on point. I don't I don't disagree with you whatsoever. You know, I just from a standpoint of listen, there's a lot that's riding on this. I you know, there yes. there's so much because it, Chuck Fletcher's job is riding on this coaching hire. If it not doesn't, just that,
1: you're you're talking about a potential like if this doesn't work, you're you're like Florida Panthers level of like late 2000s and early 2010s. Yeah, like you're blowing really up really bad hockey. Yeah. Really and, bad hockey for a couple of years before you get the 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 dividends that you're putting into it.
0: Yeah, you're talking full tear down and rebuild. You're talk you're, yep. you're you're look you're looking at close to that. But here's the thing too because they they you know they they have a lot of younger prospects in the system and stuff. Um so, you know, of course, of course my cat needs to go in the litter box and just start doing crazy things as I'm talking here um, with, with <laughs> you know speaking of cats too, you're talking about the Panthers and there he goes. Yeah. Uh, no, listen, you, I think that that that's going to, what it's going to be, because listen, if this doesn't work out and Chuck Fletcher can't get this team, a good coach in a sense of making sure that they can get to where they know they can get internally, then they're going to have to look at completely different options. I mean, that's when like you would look and say, okay, if they're not going to move forward, with Chuck Fletcher, you get would get Danny Breer and then you'd retool the whole thing and restart from the scratch. Here's, here's the, here's the, here's the whole key to this whole coaching search though. Now let's, let's put names aside, Jim Montgomery, you know, John Tortorella, Barry Trotz. Yep. Do you want these players to be torn down and, and you know, and, and to be demotivated like they have been the past season and a half over with it, with all the stuff. Cause you can see they're just playing uninspired hockey when it comes to, um, when it comes to, uh, uh, like the way Vigneault was coaching, you saw it. Yeah, you saw it effective in that series against the Islanders, and it it carried over all the way into this season. So I mean,
1: realistically, you can say like if if they had fired Elaine Vigneault before this past season, before the 21-22 season, you could argue that Mike Yo could have gotten this team at least a contendership in the wild card. Not with Maybe the not. Not with the but, injuries, right? Maybe not like, but he they still he still had them playing better with all the injuries, like than, than what Av Av had them doing.
0: Correct, especially some of the younger guys. That's absolutely yep. true. And I think that there's a couple things that they have to do to make sure, you know, regardless of what Coach they're in they have to do a couple things on the roster to make sure that they can do that. They need to add a high end score first of all. Johnny Gaudreau's out there, available, you know. I, I've stated my piece about him, about Johnny Gaudreau. It's no disrespect to the player himself. You know, you know. I, I know I, his dad used to you know, work at the rink that I used to coach at. Um, you know, it, it, I say this, is that I, the, the fans would put so many unrealistic expectations on Johnny Gaudreau because of this past season. I think he had a 110-point season. Um, yeah, something it, absurd. It was ridiculous. He's not going to replicate that here. Um, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. If anything below that to the Flyers fans would be a disappointment. Um, I do think it's a yeah, it's a guy you could build around. Um, you know, you can build around Johnny because he's fast, he scores, um, and it would open up other players and possibly open up like Owen Tippett. He could do a lot, but I think that the expectations for him would be so unrealistic um, that for him, I don't know if that's the best career move for him. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. But I, I just don't know the you. Flyers fans are just gonna be like, "Oh my God, hometown guy!" Blah blah blah. Wait, he hasn't scored yet, and we're five games in. He's such a bust on so all this money and all the, blah, blah. you know. How I'll they be are.
1: honest, man. I like I, I don't know where I like I know it's it's the Mike Trout effect. Mm-hmm. Like you remember Mike Mike Trout before he signed with the Los Angeles Angels? Yeah. Uh, of Anaheim. Yeah. Like oh, he's the kid from what is it, Millwood? Uh, I forget. Millville. He's Millville. Sorry, Kevin Millwood is on my mind for some reason with the Phillies. Anyway. (laughs) It's a good throwback name. There it is.
0: You're close.
1: Uh, Kevin, with Millville, like, you just were like, oh, the hometown kid. He's got to sign with the Phillies, (laughs) especially now that you signed Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. You're seeing the same thing with with Johnny Gaudreau. Why are we, like, this is the problem I have with Phillies fans and Philadelphia sports fans in general. We just naturally assume the guy that's from this area wants to come back here because he's proven himself. Why, right. Why? like, what is enticing for a guy like Johnny Goudreau to say, you know what, I want to go back to the Flyers. The team that's now fifth overall in the draft pick order, right. had the fourth best odds, was the fourth worst team in the AHL this yep. year. Like, what is motivating? When my team that just I'm playing for and I can easily re-sign with, mm-hmm. ju- I, like, is a contender for years to come. Yeah. yeah, we got eliminated in the battle of Alberta by the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. but who cares? Right. Your right. team is in a much better position in Calgary than it is right here in Philadelphia. Right. Like, you can argue, oh, well, he can come here and immediately light the world on fire and put up 95 points, 90 points, 87 points, whatever it is, and contribute, and you're back to being a contender. Mm-hmm. But again, why? Why put that pressure on you? Yeah. You're up in Calgary. You have enough pressure as it is. Yeah. It, it just, this, this notion that, like, oh, yeah, Johnny Gaudreau is definitely going to sign here, uh, especially... He just had a hundred and ten point season, or something about that. Like, do you? Where's the cap space coming from? Are you? Yeah, are you? T- You're gonna like, need like nine million me? dollars. You're gonna need a yes. lot
0: of money per season, and probably an eight year deal. Let's put it that way. Let's put it in seven. Yes. I'm sorry, seven year deal. You're gonna need a seven year deal at eight million. You're talking Danny Briere money, and what do they do Danny with Danny Briere money?
1: And you're talking about a guy that – or a team that now has a Sean Couturier contract that is in the sevens, uh, a JVR contract that is in the sevens. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Couturier is in the eights. Sean Couturier – or excuse me. JVR is in the sevens. Uh, Kevin Hayes, Sevens. Like, where is this money coming from? Yeah, okay, let's try and unload JVR's contract. But what? Name one of the other thirty teams in the NHL that's like, oh yeah, we'll take JVR. He only hasn't he hasn't scored uh, consistently in the last seven seasons. But hey. Fuck it, we'll take
0: him. Twenty-four goals. I mean, that's not bad. It's not seven million. It's not but bad,
1: I mean, but it's not. It's not what you expect yeah. from a guy. It's not his expectations. The expectations is must is ha- is so much higher. Yeah, despite his age. So are my
0: expectations for you know not having a potty mouth on this show, but I mean, unfortunately, well, you know, just, it, let it, let that you got a little heated there. You got a little heated there. I no, like it. I like. I it. I get
1: it, but it's just one of those things where I, I this this one player fix all. Like, I'm one of those guys that just just find the right players. Bingo. If you think Owen Tippett is the guy, mm-hmm. if you think you can build with uh, Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost, like, if you really think that, then do it. Like, give it a time and let Kevin Hayes or Sean Couturier be the captain and figure it out and let them be the voice in the locker room because I think they are legitimate leaders in their own right. But if, if you want to just... Like, look at what the—again, I, I we just talked about— I brought up Kevin Millwood, of all people. Like, the Phillies bought and spent <laughs> for their players. Now, granted, there's no salary cap in baseball, but you're seeing what, it, it, what happened here. He completely failed for the first 54 games of the season or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Like, now you're starting to see it because he got a new voice in the locker room. I think that's what this leads to. If you get a good voice in the locker room in a guy like Jim Montgomery— I think that's the fix. I like. I like. We we talked about how this team, as it sits, despite what the record is, is a playoff team if the right uh, usage of their skills is ab- applied. That wasn't applied here under Av. Can it be certainly applied under Jim Montgomery? No, but I think there's a good chance that it could be.
0: Okay, so. You all, you make completely valid points. I, I don't disagree with you. I think there's one thing you said in there that I really want to point out to your attention that you want to look at and say, where's the guy? Like, is Owen Tippett the guy? You, I know you're talking about a franchise yeah. player that this team desperately needs, but we can't just look at this and say, oh, he's the guy or he's not the guy. And the thing is with this team is that you need balance they don't have any balance scoring right now they don't they have uh they, listen listen tk is one of their highest scorers and tk okay no disrespect him on a personal level tk hasn't been producing the way he should have especially on the power play and i've been complaining about that contract since the beginning of it because of his power play numbers your power play is atrocious Their penalty kill isn't that great everybody wants to whine about the defense it's really not the defense it's the problem it's their center They're center play because they don't have any depth at center. They're loaded on the right wing. What they really need here is a kind of realignment. Now, I know what they're talking about with aggressive retool. But I don't want to look at it and say just as the guy. Now having a guy with Johnny will help absolutely, but it you means you're gonna you're gonna have to move some pieces. me, absolutely 100 would be gone if they sign. If they need to find him, they need to sign. They need to get rid of him. They need to get rid of JVR's contract. He got the money right there. But then you got to worry about something else. Yes, you added some elite scoring on your wing, on your left wing, which you haven't had in a long time, and you're you have a glutton of players at the right wing. Then you got to figure out what you're gonna do down the middle. Because, honestly, their depth at center really showed this past season that that is a glaring flaw that people, are over, that people aren't seeing. And I think it's a bigger deal than people think. Because, look, did Sean Couturier got hurt, then you had Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes got hurt, you were down two centers, Scott Lawton was your top center. Now, granted, it doesn't happen too often where you lose your top two centers and two of your best players, but when it does, you need someone else. That's why they've been linked to, like, Nazem Kadri. Now, some Kadri coming in. Yes, Naja Kadri has had a really nice year, but he's a guy where he can come in and you can play third line minutes now. And if you still need to slot him in the second or top line before a stopgap, it's improvement over Scott Lawton. No disrespect to Scott Lawton. Scott is a great a player, but he's not a play driving player that like Kadri can be. So, like that's that's the key. Is that again? You know, everybody wants to focus on Johnny Gaudreau, and if Owen Tippett is the guy, and the and the moves they made now. They have a lot of guys in their prospect coming up. Let's not forget Tyson Forster. Let's not forget how Bobby Brink looked pretty good coming up. They have a lot of guys that they've drafted that they're they're fans of, and they really, really think that they, they have an opportunity to become good players. They're not there yet, and we've talked about that plenty of times where it takes a long time for these players to develop. As constructed now, though, this team is not as far off as people think. They need to make adjustments with it, though. They need to add more scoring, which is an issue. I don't think defensively it was a big problem for them this year. I really don't. People are gonna think I'm nuts. It's not it wasn't their defense. It was because they lack the depth at center. Your center's your third defenseman. That's exactly what the center. The yeah, center needs to play a 200 foot game every single time. When you lose Sean Kateri is one of the best in the league doing it. That's a big problem. When you lose Kevin Hayes doing it. That's a problem. And when you're relying on Scott Lawton to be that top line center. Scott Lawn is not a top-line center in the NHL. He's a very, very good center, a great bottom six. He would even say he could be a second-line center in the NHL. He's not a top-line center. If You need you need to add more depth there. So it's not just about Johnny Gaudreau. It's not about just the cap space. It's about reconstructing the roster to give you more depth, which was exposed this season, that you don't have enough players in the pipeline to really bring through that depth. And that's, that's a bigger issue moreover than anything else.
1: At one point this season all top four centermen were injured Correct. for the Flyers. Correct. Correct. Like that's that was the that was the glare. As soon as you saw that, yeah. It was insane how impacted this team was and it fell apart
0: yeah you had to you had to re-slot Giroux back to the middle and Giroux hasn't played center in about two three seasons so that's that's the thing is that that's not that's not going to work that is the complete it is a completely different responsibility when you play center in the National Hockey League that's why they're generally your best players your centers is because you need to play 200 feet you're the third man in you cover the middle of the ice, the high danger scoring areas and so People want to say, oh, yeah, they need to add a defenseman, add a defenseman. Okay, if Ryan Ellis comes back healthy, they really don't need to because they'd have Ivan Provorov, they would have uh, Ryan Ellis, they would have Rasmus Ristolainen, they would have Travis Sanheim, and they have Cam York as well. Let's not forget Cam York. So you already have five defensemen, so really just need some depth guys. Hello, Nate Sealer, anybody? Nate to yeah. are you coming back? Uh, so, like, that's... <laughs> that's 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 what I'm saying is that they're now backup goaltender is a big deal. I've always got to harp on that. If they don't resign Martin yep. Jones again, I'm not Fedotov when young goal is coming in like that. I'm not without North American experience. I get nervous about that, especially with Carter Hart's history. But this team needs two things. They need a coach that could get the most out of these players maintain a good culture but also Chuck fletcher has got some work ahead of him because he's got to get rid of players like no again i keep saying no disrespect because it's true these these are guys are guys who have played hard jbr is a 24 goal scorer but you you need more out of them and for that money you can do something else with it and that's what they got to figure out and those are the tough moves they have to make because as constructed though if sean couturier is healthy If Kevin Hayes is healthy, if Carter Hart stays healthy, and defensively they don't have any major injuries, this team is, and I still believe, with the way the roster is constructed now, this team is good enough to get it. Because everybody wants to make a big deal. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, they, they might be pushing for a playoff spot. Who cares if you get in? Look at the Rangers. With all due respect, look at the goddamn New York Rangers. Because, look. How do the Rangers end up in the conference final? Are they that good of a team? No, they're they're good. But they got very, very lucky along the way. They they ran into Pittsburgh's third string goaltender and won that series. Then Carolina, Freddie Anderson was their starter, not Anti Ranta. And then Anti Ranta in game seven gets hurt. So then they run into another third-string goaltender. And now, with all that confidence, they're going against a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, take away their time and space from all their players up front, get some opportunistic goals on Andre Vasilevsky, the best goal in the league. Their goaltender steps up Igor and Igor Shesterkin, And guess what? Boom, you got a 2-0 lead on the defending Stanley Cup champions in the conference final. So my point of saying all of that and getting diarrhea of the mouth is, look... You just got to get in. This team isn't going to be a team that's built for the regular season. They're built for the goddamn playoffs, and that's what you're playing for. So I don't care if they squeeze in by two points into a wild card. I don't care. That doesn't mean shit, because at the end of the day, look at all the top teams that are out of the playoffs right now, okay? Carolina's out. Calgary's out. The remaining teams are Colorado and Edmonton, for crying out loud. And the in the West and in the East, it's the Rangers and the Lightning, and Toronto played better than the Lightning this season. So my and Florida had three hundred forty goals this season and can't get they can't score one on Vasilevsky in in a final get in an elimination game. My point is is that once you get in the playoffs, anything happens. Some people have such a laser focus of how they're performing in the regular season. This team is built for the playoffs, and you're building any team for the playoffs not the regular season the 82 games are there for them to make money to keep you entertained and to find out which position they're going to be for the goddamn playoffs so people need to stop focusing on what is going on in the regular season if you get in you have an opportunity yes there are teams that have clear talent differences that are there absolutely but if you get lucky let's be honest like the rangers have and the things fall in the right place you can find yourself two games away from a stanley cup final and that's exactly what happened it happened to the flyers in 2010 it's happening to the rangers right now where and this is going to build confidence for it and that's what you need they need the experience yeah. So and that's key, getting the right coach in here to do that, getting the right players in place to do that. Stop focusing so much on the regular season. If this team sneaks into the playoffs, they could do dangerous things.
1: Now, based on that, like I think of this old school style coaches, especially the guys named John Tortorella, it doesn't it doesn't fit for him to be signed here. Correct, it really doesn't. Barry Trotz, you can make a better argument for, I think, but it still it leads to. What I said last episode, Barry Trotz is an older guy. He wants to win now. He doesn't want a guy that can. Lead. He doesn't want a team that can sneak into the playoffs and then maybe make a run like we're seeing with the Rangers right now or the Flyers in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just lead back to Jim Montgomery might be the guy, and it's a risk because of what he has in the past, but his track record is pretty solid at the same time. So I, Jim Montgomery might be the guy here and. We'll see what happens. That's really all you can think about. Agreed. Per se
0: and look I, I I wanna I would like to see a coach in here that not only is gonna get the best out of the players, but yeah. is going to be willing to adjust. Like and being able to adjust how the game needs to go depending on how certain things happen. Like if one line isn't working, not just waiting one or two shifts and then that's it. Letting them work through it, letting the players figure it out, letting them play, and not a coach saying, "Oh, well, two shifts in, they look terrible. We're going to break them up."
1: I've right. Seen that too yeah. many
0: times in the past. I just,
1: I mean, that was a Laviolette thing. He would put, throw the lines. It was a, in a Vigneault thing, and a Vigneault thing, and it's been. I mean, a little bit of Scott Gordon. I mean, it's kind of like a thing you see in hockey. As soon as something starts going wrong, you throw everything in a blender and you see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But you can't be too quick to that to that decision because. It just it right. just messes it just messes with the chemistry. We we led back to how or it leads back to how the chemistry in a locker room in the NHL locker room is one of the most important things, right. if not the most important thing on a, the success of a right. franchise. Like remember back, I can't. It wasn't. I guess it was 2012. They did the Mac Miller 12 knock knocks or 16 knock knock the yeah. knock knock song. Yeah, like that kind of stuff like blends you in like. Yeah, the starter jacket's cute and all, like it's a fun little thing. But I don't know, something about music and 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 establishing a tradition for a playoff win that resonates more with a fan base than a starter jacket. Yeah. If that makes sense, like I think that's that type of thing needs to be coming back into the into the fold of a Flyers organization that has become very corporate. Like that. Yeah. Like let's not beat around the bush here, or let's not ignore the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Isn't what Jim Montgomery's past is in his alcohol abuse that he has sought help for? The elephant in the room is the ownership of the Flyers because, like, yes, they they are giving the keys as they have put it in a blank check to Chuck Fletcher, but are there stipulations behind all that? Is there is there Hey, you need to make X revenue with this. You need we need to have. X amount devoted to this player, that player, whatever it may be. Like if ownership is meddling in any way in the coaching hire, and it doesn't sound like they are, but if they meddle with it in their corporate ways, then it, it's going to it's it's going to we're going to be right back here in like two or three years.
0: I, I, I want to touch on the <laughs> They're not going
1: to be contenders in two to three move. years. They're going to be right back where they before are. In two I want to three years. I
0: wanna touch on the knock knock thing you talk about in a second. So if I lose my train of thought, remind me. Okay. I do want to yeah. talk about that because I actually had an argument with my buddy last night about it. So here's look. The, I don't think they're meddling per se. I wouldn't say ownership is meddling, but ownership yep. at the same time realized they need to get asses in seats, which is why yeah. you're going to see a hard push for Johnny. Was this
1: the lowest attendant attended flyers, uh, rate in franchise history. It's gotta be up. There. I,
0: it, it, I, I think it was worse than six Oh seven. At least the seats think it was. All, yeah, I, all in. I think this year is just from being in the press box, just looking down and being like, man, there Ain't nobody here. Like there's nobody yeah. here. I, I would say this is that the 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 business side only metal by saying this is that the reason why they would push for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau really, really hard and potentially overpay him is for one reason, Bill.
1: Yeah. Butts and seats. Mm-hmm, money, because yeah.
0: not just butts and seats. You're making connection with the fan base. Wow, yep. average fans like they signed the hometown guy who had 117 points last year. Let me go buy his shirt. Let me go buy However, his jersey say, merchandise.
1: I know. I will say though, we we sound hypocritical because I agree with you, but we sound hypocritical because we because we have hammered the point that you have to find a way to connect with the fans. Correct. More. Correct. And it's a it's a weird catch twenty two because. If you sign a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, who is connected to the city in some capacity in the area, you're talking about a guy that might, if he flounders, it sets back the franchise for who knows how long. Not necessarily.
0: Fran- I, I don't know. From, 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 okay, so the reason why I think what we were going to, let me clarify. There's a business perspective of Johnny Gaudreau, and there's a hockey mm-hmm. ops perspective of Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau. So the yeah. business side of it it's, it's it's just printing money because you're having a hometown guy basically saying, oh, wow, this guy's a Philly na- basically a Philly native. This is a f- team he grew up looking at." You know, the, the Leafs tried that with John Tavares. I don't yeah. know. And you know, Mitch Marner's a local Toronto guy too. Like they have some of those connections, but it's, it's a lot more common up there because it's Canada, it's Toronto, it's hockey and, and it's, it's it's all that. But like, for instance, they're is also that,
1: not winning any cups. They, anytime. No, so. they
0: are not. And they're going to run into some <laughs> trouble while well, they haven't fired. Kyle Dubish yet is beyond me, but whatever. Keep it going. Um. So with with the Flyers, with the business perspective, Johnny Gaudreau would sell a lot of merchandise interest. They would get a lot of fans who want to come to games game, to see the local kid. Um. You know, he, they'd be very excited to see him play. Be like, oh, my God, like let's go see the local kid. You'd get instant attention towards it. OK, great. Yep. Perfect. Great. That's exactly what Comcast wants. Comcast Spectacord wants because it, it would help offset some of the revenue problems they have by not having answers in seats and you drive more answers in the seats because of that. Then you have the hockey op side. Okay. The hockey upside side is okay. Cab space is the first problem. Second is fit. And then you have to worry about the flip side of the business operations. If hockey ops side doesn't go as well as it should, do you have to worry about the fan perception of the expectations and then losing all of that, like, you know, initial merchandise sales. Like, oh, is this the guy you're going to build around? Is this going to be your face of your franchise? You know what I mean? Like, yes, he may not be playing as well as he would have or whatnot. And I'm not saying that would be the case, but you have to take that in consideration, too. So yeah. think about when Danny Breer come, came here. And I know it's probably a lot of people have been a long time, but Danny Breer, people expected Danny Breer to be different than he was when he got here. And it took a lot to of people to adjust, and it wasn't until in the playoffs that people were like, "Well, oh my God, this guy's clutch! Like he's scoring all these points. He's been he's been the big guy in that 2010 run, and then Danny became beloved after that. Um, that. That Johnny Goudreau would need to have that moment here to connect with the with the with the Flyers, the the faithful. I'll say the the old school fans, and I think that that's unless the team has success, the only way that Johnny Gaudreau would ever be able to kind of avert any kind of criticism here very quickly because you know how sports radio, it's, you know, sports radio in Philadelphia, the fans get in Philadelphia right away. You're not playing, you don't have if you don't have 10 points in 10 games, you're getting attacked. If you if you don't have that, uh, the case would be the only time that it would really be that it uh would be the best option ever is if he's holding the cup over his head, and, and that, yeah. that's really that's really ultimately the only thing. Uh, because it just, not because of Johnny himself, it's because, and, and the way that it would work here, the dynamic, it, and because he's surrounded by so much more talent in, in Calgary, it's simply because of the way the Flyers fan base is and the Philadelphia fan base is. Is that if you're not doing, you know, if you're playing average with a lot of money on your contract, that's not good enough. And that's yeah. just the mentality this city has. And that can affect a player, and is that that could negatively affect the Flyers if you're going to make him, you know, the face of the franchise if you do sign him. So those those are the things you have to think about when you when you bring in a guy. Business wise, great hockey ops could be a good fit, but the negatives really, really are there, and I don't think people see that. They're compressed in, yeah, yeah. They're really compressed in.
1: Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm going to ask you one question, to, or I'll ask you two questions. Uh-huh. Uh, one pertaining directly to the Flyers. That one's first. Is do we have a coach in the next week before we uh, record our next episode? No,
0: I think you have one before the draft. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think that in the next week they I'd be surprised if they did.
1: Um, I enjoy that they're taking their time on this. Yes, whether whether it's narrowed down to four candidates, three candidates, whatever it is, they're still taking their time. They're doing their due diligence, which I'm completely in support of, and and find oddly comforting. Like yeah. I, I, they're taking their time with it. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I'm glad. Okay. Does a Colorado, New York final get your juices flowing?
0: <sighs> Actually, yeah, it really does. I, I, I think one of the best things from the NHL right now is to have a team, like a team from New York in the final. I think a team like the Rangers in the final yeah. is great yeah. for ratings. I think it's great for TNT, ESPN, the NHL. You're getting everybody in that metropolitan area. watching. it. It's a major, it's a major market. So really, you have team, by other other cities watching as well. Like Boston people would tune in, Philadelphia people would tune in. It's the Rangers, you know, and it's yep. New York, in Colorado. It's because Colorado seems like the team to beat at this point. And I tell 100%. you, I tell you what, man, that would just be a really, really good final in a sense where. You have some issues with Colorado's goaltending right now with Darcy Kemper out, but they're overall a good team, and then you
1: have a team... They're still dominating. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at, like I said early at the beginning of this this episode, Kale McCarr Mm -hmm. is playing to a level that, again, should be flyer if you listen to the scoutings and didn't mess this up. Thanks, Ron Hextall. Yeah. Like, this... He is... Look, I, I I agree with you. I think the New York Edmonton, or excuse me, New York uh, Colorado final is enticing. Mm-hmm. A New York Edmonton final mm-hmm. is way more enticing because you have the greatest player in the world playing against the biggest oh, market. i I
0: tell you what, I agree. And that that would get that would get a lot of people looking at how good Connor McDavid is. The yeah. McDavid is and, um, yeah. and Leon Drysital. Um, so fortunately
1: they're about to get swept.
0: It, it's, it's very, po- hey, <laughs> listen, teams have come down from three. 0. it's happened before it had, we've seen it here in this we've city. Seen it it, it doesn't ha- happen. It often,
1: a, but it, it's happened twice.
0: Uh, happened it, three times, but the, 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 I think it was the Islanders who did it. And then it was the flyers and it was the Kings, um, against the sharks back in 2014 when they won. That's the right. cup. So, yep. so yeah, it's, it, it's possible. It listen. It ain't over till you win that fourth game. It ain't over. Yeah,
1: that's true. The hardest yeah. game to win is the closeout yep. game. Yep. As, yep. as we uh, hear in all of sports, not just hockey and basketball, hockey or excuse me, baseball, all of Toronto. it. All Toronto,
0: Toronto is it. a great example. Of that. <laughs> if you want to see about how not to play a closeout game, just watch any any Toronto ice hockey, any Toronto playoff game in the last six years. Um, I think it's six years. Chuck, more than... try and
1: take advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Chuck, exactly. Come on. Yeah. At this point, yeah. you got to try and take advantage of the guy of the teams like Las Vegas and Toronto that are struggling. Nope. Yep. And they have to move some they have to make some sort of move. So you hope that they can take advantage yep. of that. So that's how we'll go. Absolutely. Uh thank you so much for listening. That is episode one seventeen of Orange and Back Check. Oh, you have one more thing, Scott? Uh, yeah, I Oh, a... Right. You had one more thing on knock knock, yeah. didn't you? Yeah,
0: yeah. My buddy and I actually had an argument last night. So I went over my buddy's house, we hung out, we played some hockey. Uh he said that the Rangers goal song is the worst in hockey. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, It's actually one of the best. Like you know, yeah. yeah the, the, oh, let's go! Yeah. So they, they actually they're one of they're one of the best, and I was thinking too. Like, wait a minute! Like, I'm like it's been this because I told him it's been the same one for like 30 years, and he goes, "Yeah, it yeah. changed." And yeah. that's that did it dawned on me. It dawned on me. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I thought of other 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 teams around the league that have not changed their goal song in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, like 30 years would be exaggerating a little bit, but like right. Okay,
1: but sh- it's been a staple for a long time. Correct. Okay. The
0: Bruins with Zombie Nation. That's been around yep. for years, okay? Yep. The Blackhawks with Chelsea Dagger. That's been yep. around by for for years. Yep. Um I think the with, Ducks
1: do they still do brohim?
0: Uh I they actually might. And and, and that's a, that's
1: why the Flyers got rid of it, because the Ducks were still using it.
0: Yeah, and that's absurd because that's one of the best yeah. things out there. They used that for a couple seasons. It was great. And then like yeah. Toronto, Toronto has one of the most unique ones with using uh Hollow Notes make your dreams come true. Um, yep. and I think that's excellent.
1: And like honestly, I I'll be honest with you. A couple years ago, I forget who it was on the fly. It might have been Giroux. I, I can't remember if it was Drew or not, but it might have been. If you're watching uh, on TikTok or anything, I'm I'm posting. I'm wearing the Union shirt, the Duper Die shirt. Like they had the Union and the Flyers both use that as a gold the tube, song. Yep. That is a smart way to connect with the fans. It's a connection to another team. Agreed. I would bring back Duke, and that's exactly what I told. I told on. my buddy that I'm like, I they got to bring back the
0: dupe. Like that's a Philly thing. Yep. Like you know what I mean? Like dupe, Duke, Duke. Like that's that just has Philadelphia because the Union used it, and it, the Flyers used it for a while, and it was fantastic. And next thing you know, they just they go and change it like every other every year, and now you have you yep. know king's cooking on three burners as it and it's like okay that's great but where's the identity where's the identity yep. like have that identity knowing when that's it and i thought like and he's saying oh it's one of the worst but it's one of the best because it hasn't changed in 30 years it's the best yeah like that yeah it's so unique because it so hasn't now i'll give the flyers credit in like, they haven't changed in like, 15 years the the winning song, the orange and the black, you know, the orange and the black. Yes. They haven't changed I will it. give them that. The victory song doesn't yep. change. I'm fine with that. That's great. Keep that. Okay? But the goal song has to be consistent year in and year out. It can't yep. change anymore. You got to go back to something that connects. Grow him. dupe, something that screams Philadelphia that when you score a goal, hey, you, you know it's Philadelphia. Not Kung's cooking on three burners. Yep. Nobody gives a shit and connects with that.
1: So, yep. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. Make so sure if you, you want a to little bring back
0: e next to the thing this week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will
1: bring back dupe. That's what the bring flyers. Need. That's the one of the first, the second thing that they need to do. Hire a coach. Bring back the dupe. That's all they got to do. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Episode 117 of Orange and Backcheck. Make sure you email us and follow us. All that good stuff. Backcheck at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter p- links in the Instagram pages. All in the bio below. But it's at Orange and Backcheck podcast on Instagram. At Obackcheck on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. So,
0: who's your favorite hockey team? And he runs away. Okay. But right. it's, the yeah, it's, the it's the Flyers. We know it's the Flyers. We know it's the Flyers. <laughs>